another episode of Crossover Commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is what we like to call Crossover Commerce, my corner of the internet where I bring the best and brightest in the Amazon and e-commerce industry. That can mean anything from marketing, advertising, product listing, sourcing, logistics. We cover it all here in my corner of the internet. And if you're playing at home, yesterday we were joking of how many times I say corner of the internet, but we're not going to do that today. Um, this is this is a fun experience that we get to chat with people who are leaders in the Amazon and e-commerce space so that we can help you apply that knowledge to your business today and you can help elevate um, your business as you continue to grow that entrepreneur journey, um, whether it be domestically, uh, different marketplaces, different channels, or just grow internationally. That's what we're all about. And speaking about growing internationally, I want to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Ping Pong Payments. Ping Pong Payments is helping sellers and entrepreneurs grow and save more time, money, and effort by sending and receiving local currency internationally. What does that mean? That means if you're paying your supplier, your manufacturer, your logistics company, anyone in a different currency that is not where you currently are, it's going to be important to save time, money, and effort. That way you can get your goods on the water or you can save some fees instead of paying the um, international conversion fees or anything like that. It, depending on where you are, you can also receive uh, foreign currency as well, depending on what marketplace you might be selling in. It's easy to do. Just sign up for free with ping pong payments. Just go to usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast in order to see and sign up for free um, with a ping pong account today. And also you can see all of our past episodes, all 189, including today will be on there as well. So if you missed an episode, go and check that out. All the video, the transcription, and as well as the audio format will be there as well. But this is a podcast that is live. So if you're tuning in on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or Twitter, you can go ahead and submit your questions or your comments, uh, or just want to say hi in the comment section where you might be listening. We'll see those on our screen, throw them up there. Uh, we like to be interactive. So if there's something that myself or our guests have said that you may agree with, or disagree with, or just want to comment on, feel free to do so, and we'll make that an interactive part of our episode today. That being said, this is episode 190. We talked about ping pong being an international focus and what that looks like, but we're I'm really excited about today because it seems like a long time coming before this company, which I feel like not came out of nowhere, but is really making a real big establishment on the scene. And who's that company? That is Z. Um, Z and I'm not uh, just saying the letter Z, it's Z-E-E. -E. Uh, Z is a uh, global expansion uh, company, a logistics company that's helping people grow um, and through importing and compliance, as well as expanding on Amazon. They offer a complete IOR with import logistics solution, which gives you the opportunity to grow your FBA business. What does that mean for you and what that looks like? We're going to answer all those questions um, as well. But the person we have on today, just want to give a quick uh, brief overview. His name is Raul Lowenthal. He's the head of business development, and he's going to be talking to us about our uh, title today, Global Expansion on Amazon, and those importing and compliance tips that they have, and they've helped their sellers and clients grow on Amazon. So without further ado, want to go ahead and get started right away. Um, uh, firing off those tips and uh, information for our audience. Welcome to Crossover Commerce, uh, Rael Ra of, of Z. Rael, nice to have you on Crossover Commerce today. Hey, hey, Ryan, how's it going? And uh, yeah, uh, hi to the listeners. It's uh, very exciting to be here. I know this has been quite a long time uh, coming. So yeah, just uh, excited to be here and, and love to talk about 
Amazon e-commerce and, and all things global expansion. Well, before we get started and, and we want to jump in right away, let's let's give a quick like minute or two background on yourself. Uh, how'd you get to Z and what, what's your background and experience always been in? Has it always been in, uh, you know, shipping logistics or is it more, this is where you found your, uh, they found the best opportunity right now for you? So not, not at all. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an accountant by profession. Uh, that's what that's what I studied. Uh, I spent three years training uh, at an investment bank, uh, both in South Africa and the UK, uh, and then decided that the you know world of finance wasn't for me. Uh, I was looking for something a little bit more uh, in commerce, and yeah, that's where I found myself at Z. Um, uh, myself and Marie Louise, who's our managing director, we kind of uh, formulated the product and built it out. Um, you know, we, we're a part of a larger group of companies uh, called the VAT IT Group, which has been around for about 25 years. And, uh, you know, you know, using their, their global infrastructure, we uh, developed, you know, the, the import of record business that's a part of the group's been around for about 10 years. Um, you know, we focused on, on various, various industries and now e-commerce being one of them. Um, yeah, and it's a, it's a very exciting space. I think we had the, the precipice of, of global expansion in, in e-commerce. I think, uh, you know, people, you know, obviously through COVID, e-commerce is you know sort of blown up, but it's it's been on an upward trend for for the last ten years, and now you know through platforms like Amazon, Walmart, eBay, uh, sellers have the opportunity to you know sell their their profitable products not only in their local market but uh, but all over the world, and uh, yeah, just uh, that's a little bit of background about me, but uh, yeah, not, nothing to do with logistics or, or import compliance. Just uh, uh, you know, regular accountant did a little bit of training in a. <laughs> Uh, in an investment bank, and now this is where I find myself. Well, you were uh, you were talking. We were talking pre-show that you have so much going on. To you're also uh, doing um, you're doing exams, or what was the other thing you had going on? You had some other uh, bar regulations. Are you, are you becoming a lawyer, or what? What, what was that? It's all, it's, all, well? it's all in the journey of of becoming a, an accountant. <laughs> no, it's yeah. just more testing. I feel like everyone in in, in finance or in te- uh, accounting is always they always have a test that they have to take, whether it be um, in college or outside, there's always constant learning. So, but but that that's the nature of the business, right? You always have to stay up to date, uh, numbers and ha- uh, and obviously in accounting, what 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 works and what you can do and can't do. Um, but I, I just kind of want to break down really quickly for people who are listening to this, maybe brand new to Amazon e-commerce, um, have or maybe going to start this journey here in 2022. What what is the uh, or maybe expanding internationally? I think this would apply to that as well. Um, what's the definition of import uh, or the the import of record or the the what you were talk, talking about earlier about the title of what you guys do? Why is that important and people need to know what that is? Yeah, I th- so yeah, look, so I think maybe a, a step back just on on us, uh, you know, a little bit about what we are, and then uh, I'll, I'll get into that. So that. Uh, we're an import of record specialist um, for e-commerce sellers. Uh, we focus on Amazon FBA, but you know, we we will. Uh, assist uh, you know clients who sell on Shopify, eBay, Walmart. You know we will look at everything, but our really our main focus is Amazon. Um, and uh, you know an, an importer of record is essentially a local business uh, in a in a destination country that gets listed on the import documentation on behalf of a foreign importer. Uh, to make sure that the, the goods clear customs uh, successfully, you know, we take on the responsibility for paying over any duties and taxes, as well as being liable for those duties and taxes with the local uh, customs office. Um, 
you know, part of the service involves, you know, product compliance and logistics and, and various other uh, aspects that we'll get into at a, at a later stage. But how import of record really uh, applies to the Amazon world or to the e-commerce world, uh, as, as sellers will know, uh, they remain the owner of their inventory, you know, from the time it leaves their warehouse in, in you know, either from their supplier or from their, their home country, all the way until it arrives to their, their new target destination. It arrives at customs and now they're a foreign importer in a new country. And in order for a foreign importer to be able to successfully import into a local country, they need a local office with an address, uh, with a physical presence, with employees, uh, really an, a local infrastructure to be listed on the import documentation uh, to take on the customs responsibility and liability of the import. Once that's taken place, the goods can clear customs successfully and then uh, move on to the, the destination country fulfillment center. So, and how that applies to Amazon really is, Amazon have categorically stated that they will never take on customs responsibility on behalf of their sellers, uh, both their sellers and vendors, actually. So even when they're purchasing goods from from suppliers, they won't uh, they won't be listed on the import documentation. So, you know, we uh, sort of allow e-commerce sellers to leverage off our global infrastructure to make sure that we can help them successfully get their inventory into the, the target destination country. So it sounds like there's a lot of responsibility that for uh, for anyone in your position that you'd have to um, be representative of that individual or that business entity when it comes into a different market. Is that, is that a, is that a big, is it as simple as that of like, you're, you're just being representative of them and let them operate, but you have to also make sure that they're not doing, you know, the incorrect thing too. Like you almost have to like baby proof the, the way to helping them be successful. Is that, how, how do you guys do that in that regards to make them be successful in that regards without you taking the brunt of it or um, them not, you know, damaging Z in that regards? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, there's th there's a reason why no one or, or not a lot of companies in the world like Amazon or freight forwarders uh, want to take on the risk of being an importer of record. There There is a, a quite a lot of risks involved. Um, you know, we've built an incredible infrastructure and technology um, to mitigate that risk as, as far as possible. Um, and then, you know, so, and, and you're right, it, it's part of that process is getting our clients fully compliant with, uh, with the country that they're looking to get to. And, and, you know, so, so if, if we look at, you know, the main sort of area is, is liability for duties and taxes. So how do we help in that regard? We classify the client's uh, products according to the appropriate HS code. Uh, so we can forecast accurately what the, the duties and taxes that will be payable in that destination country. Uh, we also have, uh, you know, an intellectual property base of what value the goods need to be declared to at customs because, that you know, again, that has a huge impact on what the duties and taxes will be. Uh, and then the third thing really is making sure that the client's products, the actual products that they're looking to sell, are both compliant to sell and to import. Uh, those two are two separate things. You can have a product that's compliant to import, but not compliant to sell. Uh, and obviously in the e-commerce world, that's, uh, you know, it first needs to be compliant to sell before it actually needs to be compliant to import. Uh, right. And that's really a service that we we can uh, provide to our clients. Is that is that something that is so unique on a on a product by product or case by case basis of if if sellers don't know what that might be, it actually can stop you from even selling in that country altogether, right? Like if I'm selling, uh, for example, um, supplements, which is a very competitive and very, um, I would say not saturated, but very competitive market. 
um, there's there's different regulations that you have to have compliant with that product from the UK versus the EU versus the United States versus Canada versus Australia. So you as a company have to almost help facilitate. Yes, you can get in here with these documents. No, you cannot because of you haven't filled out or complied with X, Y, Z. Is that something that's dizzying for you as a company uh, to, to kind of make sure that every single marketplace, every single country that you would help people break into, that you would have to almost go category by category, case by case basis of yes, no, yes, no, and like go from there. Is that, does that make sense as well? Yeah, no, look, I think one of the biggest obstacles for, for sellers uh, before they want to start going global is uh, sort of two things. One is product compliance and the other is tax compliance. And, and we'll, we'll get there in a, in a moment. But um, what I love about this space is, and I'm not sure if you know this, but Amazon sell 45 million different SKUs globally, right? So for uh, the, the entire life of Z, we will see a new product we've never shipped before. Um, now, that's not a problem for us. It's actually something that excites us. Uh, you know, we've built an amazing product compliance team uh, that focuses, you know, on, on different uh, product categories, as you mentioned. Uh, and, you know, the truth is um, we will assist the seller in getting their products compliant. Uh, depending on your product type, that will uh, sort of determine the time period in which it takes to get your products compliant. And then obviously, depending on what documents you do have and what certifications you've gone through, um, but in the end, uh, you know, our, our team is our, our experts on the subject and, uh, you know, we really can assist sellers in, in getting it complete. Uh, yes, every product category, every product type is different. And then when it goes to a different country, it's different. So, uh, you know, generally we like to focus on, on one country at a time uh, that that's, you know, it's sort of the uh, natural progression of growth. You know, you've got a, a successful product in your local market um, and really you know, if, if you want to start growing your business, it's about uh, either sourcing new products to sell in your existing markets or take your existing products that you know well and getting them into new markets. And both both have their challenges. But, uh, you know, with Z, we really try and make that as simple as possible through product compliance, through logistics, and then obviously uh, the import compliance and the import responsibility. Gotcha. So if I'm an Amazon seller and I'm just selling in the uh, the U.S. marketplace, for example, let's start from the beginning and kind of work from there. We're talking about today global expansion on Amazon and importing compliance sims with Z. If you're listening to this, uh, if you have questions, go ahead and submit them in the comment section on social media. If you're listening to us later on, you can also just ask in the show notes. We'll make sure we get those questions answered. So, uh, Raul, I'm quite I'm curious when I take that next step and look internationally. I don't, I'm not sure really when. What's that first conversation like with a company like yourself is it is it you're looking at marketplace first or do you have to like we had mentioned earlier look at product um you're you're funneling people into opportunity where, where does that first conversation happen between myself as a amazon seller and you as an importer of record um yeah so i think i think it depends at what stage of life your amazon business is right so if, if we take a seller that's got you know that's only selling in the local market let's say they're a u.s seller obviously the usa being the, the largest retail consumer market in the world there's a there's a huge opportunity there and, and if you base there um you know if you get it right you'll you'll be really successful um once your your products are 
are successful there, the next sort of step is, right, well, where, where can I go next? Uh, and that really depends on product type and uh, uh, the destination of the seller. So naturally, if you're a US seller, you're selling products in English. Uh, the next biggest uh, Amazon marketplace in the world is the UK. And, you know, that's really where we would look to send sellers first. Uh, it, it's the simplest because there's no translation of listings. There's no different language. Uh, the cultures, although very different uh, from a consumer perspective, are, are quite similar. Um, and then, you know, from there, the natural progression from the, the, the UK is the EU. Um, and then, you know, the sort of more difficult markets to get into the Japanese market is one of them that, that interests people a lot. Uh, Australia being a, a relatively new market. And I think for, for US sellers specifically, you know, uh, Amazon ran a program called North American Remote Fulfillment, which essentially uh, allows Amazon to fulfill orders in Canada and in Mexico from the US. But the one thing that, that you can't get as a seller is access to prime members uh, because Amazon can't guarantee next day delivery in Canada if they're fulfilling the order from the US. And uh, that'd be expensive. You know, it's, it's expensive. And, and prime, <laughs> prime members are, are the, the largest spenders on the platform by, by miles. And, uh, you know, what we can do is we can get you into Canada, for example, direct to FBA, and then, uh, you know, you can get access to Amazon's prime members and you don't pay uh, the, the high, um, fulfillment fees. So yeah, I think, I, th I think that answers your question, you know, it. but again, it, it really does depend on the, the, the nature of the seller, the type of product and, uh, you know, where they're looking to go. Because of all these offshoots, that that's what I think. Do you find that a lot of people are just scared to make that next step? And I say scared, right? It, it's confusing. I would say confusing because of almost you start from the Genesis point of every, almost every seller knows or is is 99.7 percent going to probably be starting in the us market.com um from there everyone always answers this way it depends and uh, that that's where it's confusing for people it goes depends on the product depends on the category depends on where you want to go what, what's your cost what's your uh what's your risk tolerance all those other things and a lot of the times I feel like that is the barrier of which that's so high that people don't want to overcome, but it's with education and the likes of a company like a Z to help you understand, Hey, listen, it's actually more simple than, than this. It's just a couple more documentations, a couple more tests, making sure that you have this paperwork. And, um, what, what are the other things when you have those conversations with people that maybe help help them kind of coax them along and say, listen, it's not as bad as you might think. Uh, we're going to be the light that's going to show, show you the way basically through through the fog or through the darkness that that they might think is in front of them. Yes, I think, the, the, you know, um, the, the best example I have of this, uh, you know, to give you is is uh, Scott Needham. He's, he's a partner of Ping Pong's. He's, a, you know, a top 100 Amazon seller. Uh, they sell, you know, buy boxes sell over 100,000 different SKUs. Uh, incredibly successful business in the US and, uh, you know, incredibly uh, experienced sellers on Amazon, but really didn't like or didn't want to go global because they were, um, there was, there was just so much red tape and a lot of hoops to jump through and uh, a lot of confusion, a lot of people telling them a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, I reached out to Scott, you know, back in April, uh, we had a discussion around, you know, what would be the, uh, the best sort of target destination or where would they where were they looking to go they sell various brands um australia was their their, their first target and uh, within about three weeks we had their first shipment um deliver successfully to a fulfillment center in, in australia and now we've taken the same brand into mexico as well 
So I think, you know, you can be the most experienced Amazon seller in the world, but, but going global, because it's not something that you're familiar with, uh, can be scary. And uh, it is complex. There are a lot of hoops, but we've made that our business. Um, we've made it our mission to understand it and know it. And, uh, you know, when you come to us, we will, you know, basically make you uh, uh, feel that going global is, is, is almost like going local. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, in terms of w what are uh, people the most scared of, I'd say, it, or the sellers, what are they most afraid of? It really is uh, the product compliance as, as, a, as a first point and then the tax compliance. Um, for U.S. sellers, generally, the first place they like to look at is the U.K. or the E.U. And the VAT system that works in the, in the E.U. And the, and the U.K. is very different to how it works in the U.S.A. Uh, so that generally tends to be like the first thing that they kind of not, uh, you know, they don't want to get involved with it. It's, 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 it's too complex. It's another government. I, I don't want to be there. Um, but again, you know, we, we can help guide them uh, through that process. So with that, that regards, um, I also want to make the distinction too, because I hear the terms kind of be used interchangeably, um, freight forwarder versus um, importer of record. Um, two very similar, I would say very similar lights of helping people get goods into a different country. What's the difference? I want to I want to make sure we have this this clear and concise for people who are out there and say, oh no, I work with a freight forwarder, so I don't need to like work with an importer record. Like, what what would be the natural distinction between the two? Uh, so I think for for the benefit of the audience, I think in any international transaction, so wherever you're trying to get goods from one country to another where you are not based, there are three essentially three uh, parties that you're going to interact with. Uh, the first is a freight forwarder and a freight forwarder's responsibility is to pick up the goods from uh, wherever they got to go uh, leave from uh, you know put them on a plane put them on a on a ship get them to the destination country and then make the final delivery to the 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 fulfillment center to where the goods need to go the second party that you that you're going to interact with is a customs broker uh, a customs broker is is the the agent in the destination country that has the direct relationship with the customs office. So you as a seller, you can't interact, you can't contact the customs office yourself. You've got to go through a customs broker who will submit your import documentation and essentially pay the duties and taxes uh, directly to customs to just to simplify the process. And then the third party that you're going to speak to is an importer of record. And that's really our speciality, which is a, a local office in that destination country that gets listed on your uh, import documentation, takes responsibility for the, the import with the local customs office and make sure that the goods clear customs successfully. It doesn't, it doesn't end there. Um, part of our service is to prepare this, the seller's import documentation uh, for them. Uh, so that you know, there's no confusion. Uh, it's it's what we call a clearance instruction. So it's a it's a very clear, um, uh, easily readable instruction that gets given to our our customs broker who we contract with ourselves uh, to make sure that the goods clear customs in the correct and appropriate way. And in in where in countries where VAT is applicable, what's extremely important to to sellers is that they are able to reclaim the import VAT uh, that essentially that we have to pay over on their behalf. And uh, a very important part of our service is to uh, prepare the import documentation in a way that facilitates that VAT reclaim. Uh, and I think it's important for sellers to know that are listening to this, we never take physical ownership of your property. Uh, you'll always remain the owner of your goods. We, we act as a third party agent on, on your behalf. And then, you know, what's the difference between us and a freight forwarder? 
we don't specialize, you know, we, we don't uh, rent spaces on ships or own our own vessels. Uh, we, as a value added service to our clients, uh, contract with various couriers that, you know, the likes of FedEx, DHL and UPS and other freight forwarding options to facilitate the international movement of the goods so that, you know, we can make it an end to end service. So we'll pick up the goods from your export country, arrange for the international freight, appoint our independent customs broker to, to uh, fulfill the clearance, act as the, the part, uh, the seller's import of record, and then al allow the freight forwarder or courier to make the final delivery to the Amazon facility. Right. You're almost the, the top and you're facilitating all these ones underneath that. And that makes sense uh, to me to almost work with somebody who's going to manage all these different systems instead of individually as well. Is that where you see a lot of opportunity as Z? Because again, I'm thinking through this as a business perspective. Um, if I'm if I'm a seller and I don't want to have to deal with three individualized or maybe even more, if you add on to that, if the processes calls for it, um, I would rather just handle with uh, one overarching person who can who's experts in each of those different areas. And I can only have to talk with one versus freight forwarder, importer record, uh, so on and so forth. And, and there's more and more and more. It, it just makes sense. That would be the opportunistic way to, as a seller, work with one instead of all these different pieces that are scattered about. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and I think did I just make goes... the sale for you or did I just like sell Z for you? Yeah. Listen, uh, <laughs> it, it sells itself. It sells itself. It's, exactly. it's a great service. Um, no, and I, and I think it, it goes one step further than that, uh, Ryan. In, in So some of the best successes we've had have been with sellers who were able to get their goods into, let's say, six or seven different countries. Uh, and they had six or seven different suppliers and three different freight forwarders, you know, doing all of these, these different things. And then they found Z and they have one account manager and an app. Uh, so it can be a person or through our technology where that we can assist with the entire global distribution of their inventory so that, you know, they completely simplify their supply chain. And because of the the, the volume of shipments that we're doing on a, on a monthly and annual basis across our, our importer of record business, we have really discounted rates, um, you know, with our, with our courier partners. And, uh, you know, we pass that benefit on to our clients as well. So, you know, they found us, uh, you know, simplified the supply chain, got a saving on their on their freight. And, uh, you know, they, they're selling globally. Right. So let's talk about, um, so if I'm an international seller working with Z, what's 2021 been like in terms of uh, uh, overall, um, you know, com company-wide? Are you you're seeing probably the same headaches as each individualized consumer? Is that more opportunity in terms of like just backups? There's nothing you can do if, if there's just no way to unload cargo at some of these ports um, and get it from point A to point B. Um, I know that's frustrating for a lot of sellers, especially this time of year. What do you, as as a company, see that as an opportunity, or where, where's the growth come in 2022 for you as a company, helping people navigate those waters and maybe help it help them get there quicker and help them plan out further? Yeah, so I think 2021 has been it's it's been sort of two sides of a coin, right? In, on the one hand, you've had this huge uh growth in in e-commerce you know where people have realized that it's just a lot simpler and, and easier to to buy their products online and then you've had massive supply chain backups and issues uh, all the way from you know suppliers not being able to you know factories being closed because of covid or uh you know freight forwarders not being able to load at the ports because the ports are closed and you've got this huge backup of of inventory sitting both you know in the in the target country and in the the export country um to be honest with you there's 
it, there's not a lot that can be done to, to get around it. Uh, everybody is facing the same issues. Um, I think where we come in is, you know, we can facilitate and, and, and have the direct contacts in the, with the relevant people in the relevant countries to uh, help clients troubleshoot when, when there are issues. Uh, you know, if, if you're a, a container shipper, you know, you're sending co containers every so often, the, the, you know, you, you're, a, it's, you're just in the, in the line like everybody else, you know, trying to find a freight forwarder that will, uh, you know, be able to take your container from one place to the next. But I mean, to put thing in, things into context for you, you know, there's about 250,000 containers backlogged at LA port at the moment. Um, there, there's not a freight forwarder in the world that can do anything about that. Uh, so, you know, where we come in is if, if you, you know, faced with a backlog of stock uh, that, you know, that you can't get in, we have nice air freight forwarder options that can help you get, you know, it may not be your, the best form for you, but, uh, you know, we can help you get stock there quickly just to, you know, having some stock at a low margin is, is better than having no stock. Uh, so I think that's, you know, where we've really been able to assist our clients. Um, but again, I think it's taken a lot more of inventory planning, uh, lead times being a lot longer, uh, and you know ultimately the, the the issue is that the consumer faces the the uh, the wrath of it all because the the on charges essentially get pushed onto you know you and I buying our products off off of Amazon. Absolutely. Well, that that to me presents an opportunity, right? Of it's almost like this reestablishment of do we do we look at our processes in place where where we're importing from where we are selling. Um, if we if we need to have an FBM fulfillment, do we have a third party uh, warehouse? All those things speak to me as an entrepreneur, me as a service provider that says, hey, maybe this is something we just take a look at as a business. And maybe we have to uh, take that speedboat approach and ebb and flow with the, the massive waves that are coming. Instead of the freighter approach where some of these businesses, they have just no choice. Um, they're just too large. They can't just change their processes like that. And move about almost in the the entrepreneur space. What I always love, and I'm sure you as a company love too, is in the in the entrepreneur world of online market uh, sales and marketing. You can you can stop or you can resource to have this backup plan. Is if you're smart enough and can build out those processes of maybe have a backup supplier manufacturer if my main factory gets shut down, or maybe I look at sourcing from uh, Europe instead of Asia, or so on and so forth, and really have those processes and you start to walk through more of those um, more detailed and more nuanced approaches that you may not have thought of, of instead of, oh, I'm just going to source from China because it's cheap. I'm, I'm going to uh, source it just in time um, so that right before I've uh, run out of inventory, a new shipment's coming in, it's going to replenish and we're going to be fine and never have to worry about that. Now it's almost this, all right, there's no now more ripples, but with more ripples becomes more, you know, tactical interesting detailed approaches as well does that excite you as a company that helps to now the piece this is almost like taking the pieces like when you were a kindergartner or a primary school kid and there's only four major pieces of a puzzle and you just put them in and you're like oh that was easy now it's almost the all white pieces that you're like where the hell do i put these and it's just going to be a headache and you have to stare at it and there's little nuances to make it all fit together um is that is that where you can you yeah. What were your no, thoughts around that? No, definitely. It, it definitely excites us. I think, you know, in the business that we're in, uh, complexity is our game. Uh, we make very complex processes very simple for our clients. And uh, having somebody on your side while all of these things are going wrong, who really understands the world, like this world, 
uh, I think is invaluable. Um, so, you know, we've, we've had situations with clients, you know, who are sourcing their own freight forwarders, do it, you know, trying to do things themselves uh, that, you know, they come to us last minute because, you know, the, the, you know, the freight forwarder told them one thing and then there's another. And, you know, we, we've really, to, to put it quite simply, come to the rescue in a, in a lot of these situations to say to our clients, right, okay, you know, th this is what you've got. This is what you still need. This is what we're going to do for you. Uh, provide us with this information and we'll get you sorted. Um, so, yeah, the look, it's, it's required. I think it's the first time probably in history where people would be uh, happier to have their working capital uh, stuck in stock than not. Uh, you know, normally you, you, you want to turn your stock into cash as quickly as possible. I think at the moment people want as much cash in stock because that means they can actually sell as opposed to being stuck without it. Um, in terms of the, the freight forwarding, logistics, import compliance, all of that type of thing, you know, if there's if you're having issues with your freight and there's delays, the one thing you definitely don't want is problems at customs. And and that's really where we come in to make sure that, okay, there might have been a delay of the goods getting there, but once they get there, they're going to clear customs within two days and then they're going to get uh, delivered to, to Amazon. I think yeah, the third I was gonna say I was gonna say, worst case, how long would have you seen how long uh, products been stuck in customs just because they don't clear because of a certain check mark or because of the certain paperwork, like how, how long are we talking that worst case scenario would be um, that you've seen? So with, uh, if you've contracted with us before you send your shipment, uh, your, your goods will clear customs, uh, you know, quickly. Um, there are instances where, uh, you know, customs offices around the world are, uh, what's, what's the right word? They, they play by their own rules, uh, you know, like or sticks in the mud or something like that. Yeah, they uh, yeah, like look, they, they they play a very important role, right? They want to make sure that whoever's importing into their country, you know, into their country is doing it in a compliant way, and and they're getting the the duties and taxes that are owed to them. Um, you know, we, we have had instances where where shipments do get stuck at customs, not because we didn't prepare the the, the documentation, right? But let's say customs stop the shipment, they want to inspect it. That's something that's completely out of our control. Um, what we do deal with a lot of the time is we have clients who send their goods, let's say, to the US, to Germany, to the UK, and the goods get stuck there because they haven't contracted with an importer of record uh, to, to get their goods clear, uh, cleared through customs. And one of the, you know, one of the, the products that we offer is to actually get uh, stuck shipments cleared uh, because that's a lot better solution than paying the return leg, you know, the return to shipper of your inventory, you want it through through customs. So the times where we deal mostly with stuck shipments is when clients have sent the, the shipments on their own and uh, the, the goods are stuck because they need an importer and then we step in and, and get it cleared. Makes sense with me. Um, in scenarios where I, I'm, I'm curious, um, with inventory, for example, I send a thousand pieces of my product uh, from factory warehouse into from where it goes through all the way to um, FBA warehousing. If I lose inventory along the way, I'm working with a company like Z. Who 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 is at fault there? Because traditionally, it's the Amazon. If they lose inventory in their warehouse, that's on Amazon. But in that capacity, there happens to be lost inventory or any sort of damaged inventory. Who is it? The freight company. Who who's at fault there in that in that specific instance? Just because. I just want to clarify that that ecosystem of sometimes it's on the the supplier manufacturer if it's broken prior to obviously uh, shipping. Um, if it's on the freight company for damaged goods or lost goods, if it falls off a boat, like there's containers that fall off the boat, like believe it or not, if people don't know that, it happens. Um, and then obviously getting stuck in customs or anything like that and it might get just lost in 
um, check in a uh, thousand, they check out 997 or something like that. Who Who's at fault in that regards? Like does he come in any sort of um, capacity in that regards, step in and help mitigate that stuff? So I think it, it really depends. It's, it's a case by case scenario. Um, so obviously we, we are, uh, we contract with, with various freight companies to, to perform the international and local logistics. Uh, and a very important part of the process before we'll arrange pickup is we make sure that the client, uh, in the warehouse sends us a, you know, everyone's got a smartphone. They send us a picture of the, the, um, the travel documents. So either a Weibull or a, a master bill of lading and the, uh, commercial invoice securely attached to the cargo. As, mm-hmm. as long as we have that, then we know if something goes wrong. Uh, generally, it's the freight provider who, uh, where it's gone wrong. So either they've lost the shipment or it's delayed or uh, it's damaged. Uh, you know, then we have proof to go back to the freight provider and say, hey, look, our client, uh, we, you know, we made sure that our client had everything that they needed. Um, you know, and, and then, if, you know, they'll obviously do their own internal investigation. And then, uh, uh, you know, generally speaking, they'll replace the goods. That's part of their service. They, they have to have blanket, you know, maritime insurance, making sure that, you know, the, the international movement is 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 insured that makes sense yeah and, and obviously there's great companies out there that help you recuperate those those costs and whatnot so um i just want to make sure because along the way again handing off so many different parts of the they call it logistics um because there's so many different cogs in the wheel it's just like whenever it hands off to different people who's at the fault here it's not typically the seller in that capacity but obviously if you're losing pieces of inventory that's money lost so we just wanted to make sure like Obviously, you're you're an asset in that corner too to make sure. Hey, check mark. Um, you know, it's not our fault. It's definitely going to be um, all, all these different pieces of evidence. I would say that are very important to have if something like that happens, and it does happen uh, quite frequently. So that that's why I bring that up for sellers. Bro, um, in the in the in the couple, you know, the few at the back half of this episode that we have uh, with you, I'm I'm curious as we are looking at opportunities on Amazon. Amazon now has 20 different marketplaces available. Technically, they can sell. The most recent is Egypt. Um, there's been a lot of growth happening, obviously, in Europe, uh, in in the Middle East, I would say, or like uh, in UAE territory, uh, Saudi Arabia, UAE, UAE, as well as Egypt. Um, what a lot of people don't understand is just the cross-border nature of how e-commerce happens, right? And, and I think you know where I'm going with this is, is that people in China can shop on Japan's uh, Amazon.jp, uh, so on and so forth. People in Australia are shopping in Japan, uh, vice versa. Is there is there almost like a hub that you would suggest that people just say, hey, if you're you're located here in these, these nice little hubs, if you will, you're going to get audiences from all these different surrounding areas, which means more eyeballs, which means more opportunity and whatnot. How do you help educate people in that cross-border selling nature of, even though my product might be in one country, you still might get customers in all these different surrounding countries as well. So, uh, it's a great question. So, and I think this is really how a lot of sellers decide that they want to actually move into a new market. They'll come to me and they say, look, you know, I'm selling on Amazon US and I see it like, you know, every month I'm getting a hundred orders out of Canada and it seems like my product has a market in Canada. I'm going to, you know, I'd like to actually, you know, get it there directly. And, and that's where we come in and, and we do it. So the, the most efficient way of selling your product is by getting it into that that country it's it's not by getting it into the us and saying okay you know from the us someone in canada will buy it uh, the, the best way to get that audience is by getting into that country 
Um, and that's really the benefit of, of using a platform like Amazon. So, you know, I speak to a lot of sellers all the time where they say to me, look, you know, I set up a Shopify store. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm based in the US. I set up a Shopify store in, in the UK. And, uh, you know, my margins are probably 15% or 20% high on my Shopify store. But the volume of transactions that I get comes nowhere near what I can get on Amazon. Um, and, and Amazon have given sellers this incredible opportunity to leverage off their brand. Uh, you know, everybody loves their because you know, they've made customer service their number one priority. Uh, being an, an Amazon customer is much be better than being an Amazon seller. I can tell you that for sure. Uh, but the fact that they've done that has has provided this incredible opportunity for sellers uh, using this this FBA model. So. Uh, there's no point in saying, look, I want to get my goods to Japan so I can get customers in Australia. That's that's not the right way to go about it. The right way to go about it is if I want to get customers in Japan, let me get it to Japan. And if I want to get customers in Australia, I'll get it to Australia and uh, I'll, I'll use a, a, a company like Z to make it really as simple and as easy as possible. Well, that, that's such the fascinating model, because if, you, if, if you're paying attention in cross-border payments, which is, is a, a clearly what we do, the statistics of people shopping internationally on in different marketplaces has grown quite significantly. I think uh, Shopify, for example, um, putting a lot more investment into this globalized dashboard of cross-border uh, cross selling in general. So on uh, translations, you're talking about um, goods and getting making sure it gets from point A to point B and working with a company like a Z in that capacity. But just the nature of the percentage of growth that's happening, I believe, of all of Shopify cross-border uh, cross uh, selling, I would say, was roughly 27 to 30% of their overall business as a company. So that would be if someone in Canada is buying my goods in the United States Shopify store, if Australia, again, Japan's buying from you. So that continues to, to shoot up for direct-to-consumer uh, stores as well. So it's really a big opportunity. I would say even moving into 2022, I think the buildup was 2019 to 2020, there's going to be a lot of international growth for sellers as businesses were growing and develop, obviously with different restrictions and whatnot with pandemic happened and that kind of uh, throttled a lot of the momentum that was going internationally. Um, but what, I guess, statistically, are you starting to see a lot more people get more appetite for that growth internationally uh, compared to years when Z was just starting? Because I know the company is still evolving, but of recently is there more appetite to grow internationally more and more people are like you're right there is more opportunity that means more profits that means i can be a global brand instead of just a, a seller on amazon.com absolutely so i think i think i'm, I'm going to deal with two, two two parts of what you said uh the first one you know about the growth in uh you know a, let's say a customer in, in the australia buying off a, a website in japan i think the, the, the biggest friction there really is that the customer has to pay the duties and taxes when it gets to their, their country and the length of time uh, that it, it, it takes to get that product from one the one country to the other because it, you know you've got to engage in drop shipping and, that, and that's really not the most efficient way in, in doing it it's it's a nice add on to your business definitely because if you're the seller of course you want customers from all over the place but from a, the customer experience point of view um you know if you're if you're you, you've bought on amazon before you know within a few hours it can arrive at your door that's really what you're looking for from uh, uh you know an e-commerce perspective you, you don't want to wait two weeks until you get your product um mm. but again it's it's it like it's opening up that door 
is what gives the seller the, the vision into which countries uh, they're starting to see a lot of demand from. And, and that's why I said it, it. Often I speak to sellers, they say, look, you know, I, I see a lot of orders on my US side coming from Spain, coming from here. I want to get my products there because I can see there's a market there. So that, that, that's the first point. Um, the, the second point about global growth in, in, in e-commerce sales, I think we're really just at the, at the starting point. I think people are really starting to see that uh, the world it's it's moving into this you know kind of digital format or it's it's a it's a small place it's a big place but it's a small place so uh, and 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 technology and 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 e-commerce has really made that possible um and uh, i guess you know sourcing new products designing new products that takes a lot of effort and is very difficult you you know once you've already gotten to that point um getting that product into a new market is is a lot more of an efficient way of growing your business number one and number two, you know, I've had conversations with multiple Amazon aggregators and, and a lot of sellers, uh, you know, Amazon sellers out there are looking to exit their business at some point. And their preference is lower number of SKUs, more country sales. Uh, so, again, you know, our, our, um, our product offering can help sellers in, in getting to the point where they're efficient enough to be uh, bought out. Right. Well, that was a good data point, too. And I know recently because of. Um, I think it was in the article with Marketplace Pulse, and I'm right there with you. I'm I'm constantly having those conversations with people of they would rather handle small uh, SKUs. And then obviously, if you're having thousands of SKUs, it's harder to dictate which ones to maybe expand globally. That catalog, it may not be worth putting into certain markets, only certain ones. Um, but it, it's more of a headache. But if you have a small amount and it's diversified like that it's a lot more palatable to understand okay you know i only have to worry about three products um and put it in those different categories instead of you know thousands of products where it's maybe maybe some go into canada and some go into australia everything's going to eu um it, it's a lot more of a headache in that regards too which i found a very fascinating strategy but it, it makes sense right of not everything is going to make sense on a on a international scale but it doesn't mean that Nothing will. So there, there's that fine line of it's between zero and 100% of your products that will exist in international waters and make a, a good play. So that being said, what, what's the exciting nature of uh, of what Z is doing and what, what's exciting about 2022 moving forward? Um, is there is there just opportunity with like the likes of aggregators growing internationally, brands getting recognized as actual brands on Amazon and getting that that uh, international feeling and in, in helping people grow in that capacity and making sellers more of a, a business, not just a, hey, I'm buying and selling and trading goods online. What is that exciting nature for the company right now? I think the most exciting thing for me is uh, a one-stop shop uh, for making global sales feel local um, and doing that powered by technology. Uh, so powered by our app. Uh, that's, I'd say that's our, our vision 2022 is really just making global sales feel local, powered through technology, but with a, 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 with a professional, with a, a trained professional on the other end to hold your hand and make it a, a simple process. And, you know, from all the way from tax compliance to product compliance to import compliance, and then obviously logistics as well. Gotcha. No, that's, that's amazing. Is, is there... Uh, what what final tip can you you tell the sellers as we're going into the next year? What is that? What is that thing people should really be looking at? Um, maybe one or two things that now is the time to go internationally or something to to get ready 
So when they come to you, they're ready to start moving that process of growing internationally. I think there's so many tools out there um, for sellers. Uh, I think in e-commerce, data is, is a huge thing. And there's so many tools out there that sellers can use to research the products that they're looking to send into the new market uh, to make sure that there's really a market out there for that particular product instead of it being a, a kind of like a blind move. So, you know, my, my, my advice is, you know, utilize those products. There's there's products like Smart Scout. That's, uh, you know, uh, Scott Needham that he's built that product. He's a, he's a, a seller himself. There's Jungle Scout, there's Helium 10. There's, you know, there's ver various uh, tools out there that can be used to uh, research your product. Uh, make sure that, you know, you're happy that the, the market that you're targeting, you know, there really is a market for that product. Uh, and then come and see us and we'll really just help you uh, in, in assessing which markets we think would make sense for your products based on our experience. And then obviously, uh, you know, assisting with the compliance elements and, and getting the, the, the products from, you know, the export country, from the supplier all the way to the fulfillment center where it's ready to be sold. Outside of Amazon, is there a marketplace that excites you of the ecosystem? internationally from, i would say from, yeah. from an amazon perspective i would say i would say, I would, outside, I would say outside of amazon is there a marketplace that that you're excited uh i'll call uh, i'll give it quicker like um uh like uh, like rakuten or um uh i'm trying to think of oh i'm escaping i uh, like uh mercado libre marketplaces that are of international opportunities is there one that excites you and the team at z to be honest with you, the one that excites us most is Amazon. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I think that, uh, <laughs> no, it's fine. I think that, yeah, no, no, I think that there, there are other ones out there definitely. And there, and there might be, um, you know, more localized ones that, um, uh, are, are, are more tailored towards that particular country. An example is Kogan in Australia. Um, you know, there's, there's other French ones in France, but I think, you know, what what a seller wants is is simplification. So you know, doing everything through Seller Central is simplification. Finding one uh, supplier to simplify your supply chain—that's simplification. Uh, focus on on getting your products good. Focus on improving your margins. Uh, focus on trying to get your costs down as much as possible. You know, focus on your PPC. Um, focus. You know, a huge part of 2022 for Amazon sellers is going to be uh, paid advertising on Amazon. I mean, pa paid adver advertising on Amazon is, is starting to get to the level of uh, uh, Google and, and Instagram and Facebook. It's, it's it's huge, and sellers are going to have to keep paying for it. So it's something that they need to keep in in uh, um, in mind while uh, getting their their products on onto those. Uh, platforms and I'd say the two markets, the countries that that excite me the most, uh, I would say probably are Germany, uh, Canada, and uh, UK, and then probably Japan. I'd agree with that. Sorry, I, I found myself on mute and I almost started talking on mute. I've told myself I won't do this, but uh, uh, <laughs> it is what it is. After 190 episodes, no, I would agree with that. I think those uh, there's a lot of opportunity in those markets. Um, the ones you mentioned are. Uh, I think outside of Australia in the top three to four in terms of uh, eyeballs and uh, monthly traffic, um, Japan surprising continues to surprise me, even though um, with the amount of volume. And again, I talk about the the global market share of different regions in the world. Again, you talk about Singapore in the southeast part of Asia, you talk about Japan in general and their context of uh, China audience. Um, just Middle East, uh, Europe in general, there, there's so many different opportunities, but I would agree. A lot of people feel like it's all or nothing, but it's not all or nothing. It's it's be strategic in 
adding on those those percentage points, Canada can maybe add 10% of, of your yearly revenue or lift, I should say. And all these marketplaces do add up over time. It's not going to maybe be at a one-to-one ratio. It can certainly help you grow internationally and make your business more profitable and sellable. That's all. That's always what, uh, now, now it feels like it's always, how do we make it profitable and how do we make it sellable? That's what the nature of Everything's come down to now, at least in 2021 and moving forward. Uh, Ryle, I already have, have taken a lot of your time today, but because you're the man in charge of talking with uh, sellers and we've talked about all the different things that they can do to grow internationally, if I like what I hear and I want to talk to you a little bit more, what are those ways to do that and how to get in touch with you? Great. So look, you haven't, I mean, you, you've taken some of my time, but this is really <laughs> what I love doing all day long. Uh, I, lo- I love talking about sellers. I love talking about our clients. Uh, and I love talking about what we do, um, maybe a little bit too much. That's a but, good partner, man. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. We, we're very passionate about what we do. But uh, the, the best way to get in contact is you can actually contact me directly. Um, my email address is raillz.co. Um, either I will help you or I'll pass you on to one of our, our very capable consultants, you know, who will get an understanding of your business and be able to prepare, you know, prepare quotations and, and do a bit of consulting. Um, and then obviously for... For the benefit of having us on on the uh, on the, on the podcast, uh, we will give uh, anyone who who tells us that they've come through the 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 crossover commerce podcast with you uh, a fifty percent discount on their fixed fee um, on their first shipment with us. Uh, so yeah, if you just uh, you know if you come to our website uh, or you you email me directly, uh, just mention that you heard us on on you know heard about us on crossover commerce, and uh, we'll be sure to to apply that discount to you. Amazing. And also the, the links are in the comments uh, section on social media. If you look, uh, click on that link as well, make sure you click on the links in there. Um, you'll be notified and the team will appreciate that as well. Raul, thank you so much for hopping on Crossover Commerce today um, for providing great information. I think there's excitingness, uh, a buzz about looking into the future in 2022. Uh, hopefully you and your team continue to, to uh, improve and hopefully we'll be seeing you guys in person events and things in 2022 um but we're excited to be partnering with you and your team over there and um you know it's just great things moving forward for amazon sellers e-commerce sellers in general um partnering with the likes of you guys exciting for me in general so thank you so much for hopping on uh the show today no and thank you very much thanks for having us we we're very excited to be your partner as well and uh thanks to all the listeners Uh, i hope that uh i provided something something useful and uh, yeah really looking forward to hearing about you and about your business and seeing how we can help you grow sounds good thank you so much Raul. thanks so much and again everyone else who is uh tuning into crossover commerce live on our social channels thank you so much for coming in um on linkedin facebook youtube or twitter or listening to us on your favorite podcast destination again you can go to usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast to catch every single episode that we've had 189 all the way up to today's episode will be available there. But thank you so much, Raul uh, Lundahl of Z. Again, so much fantastic information and great growth opportunities makes you look more valuable to exit potential uh, aggregators and companies like that as well. But doing it smartly, again, doing things more simplified, make yourself more profitable with the likes of using Z or using ping pong in general, are going to put more money back to your bottom line which makes you look good and feel more profitable at the end of the day. That's what we all want to do. That's why we're in this business and why we create these services. That being said, I'm Ryan Kramer. This is Crossover Commerce. 
tomorrow we have one more episode this week we've we've been jam-packed we're going to get to 200 by the end of the year so with that being said uh tomorrow will be 191 we have the likes of i'm going to go ahead and throw it up the graphic up there growing your e-commerce business through influencer marketing with cody wittick of ninship um i'm excited to talk about that too so that's going to be uh we're going to talk about influencer marketing that's what this podcast is all about we're going to span everywhere and anywhere in the amazon e-commerce space so if you're excited about that go ahead and just uh go ahead and follow us on social media as well and make sure that you uh subscribe to our channels as well to be notified of future episodes i'm ryan kramer this is crossover commerce we'll catch you guys next time take care